Welcome to the how the why. With John Barrett Ingalls. Exploring and celebrating the creative process and the creative purpose of authors, editors, artists, and publishers that make up and inspire the 1888 family. 1888 serves as a regional catalyst for the preservation, presentation, and promotion of cultural heritage and literary arts. Let's get creative. Hello, and welcome to the How, the Why, brought to you by 1888. My name is John Barrett Ingalls, and today we are connected with Johnny Russo. I'm going to call you Johnny Russo, but I really want to say Johnny Russo. Johnny Russo. Uh, Johnny is an artist and illustrator, painter, and uh, uh, created the covers for the Johnny Russo collection. Weird that you were the guy that did the uh, covers for the Johnny Russo collection. <laughs> Johnny, thanks for, for for joining us. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. Um, so let's talk about you and art, and and like take it back to kind of the beginning stages. When when did you first discover this as uh, not just a thing that you were going to do with your life, but just something that you were interested in? Yeah, well, gosh, it's not something I think about too often. It probably has been going on longer than I even am aware of, but, I mean, of course, everyone draws when they're a kid. Um, But I guess it was more when, a little bit later in primary school, um, I guess it was mostly my parents and my teachers that realized I was actually pretty good at drawing. And so they all had these ideas that I was going to be an artist when I grew up, and I always did what I was told. So I was like, okay, that sounds good. And then once, um, and of course, I was always drawing and painting. And then once I got to high school, I realized um, that it was actually a practical idea that I could go to college for, for art and do it as a career. Um, I think when I was little, it's sort of just like more of a dream type thing. You don't really think of it as something realistic. But, um, but yeah, I remember in sixth grade, I, the student teacher of my class had found this uh, I grew up in Rhode Island, so there was this, like, statewide um, art competition uh, where they select 25 students to receive um, art grants to take art classes. And so she uh, showed it to me and said that uh, she thought it would be a really good idea for me to submit to it. So I did these two pastel drawings, and then I ended up being one of the um, 25 selected artists. So I think that was, for me, especially not having ever won anything before, was sort of like the first moment where I... Um, think I thought of art in more of a serious way. So. And, and then it was in high school where you thought, well, maybe this is what I want to do and, and go and study in college. Yeah, well, <clears throat> I was actually a pretty smart kid growing up, so I always liked math like all throughout high school, um, especially. I was always in the advanced math class, so I loved calculus, and my mother uh, always thought I was going to be an accountant, and I mean, I'm would have been fine doing that, uh, just because, I don't know, I guess I grew up with a family that's um, more traditional in the sense that you do well in high school, and then you go to college, and you get a good job, and you make a lot of money, um, which doesn't typically happen with art. So for a while, my mentality was that I'll just go to state school in Rhode Island and become an accountant, but 
Um, but yeah, then my dad was actually the one that sort of, um, my dad and my art teacher in high school sort of implemented the idea that you should really think about art school. Um, and so it was it was actually pretty late in high school that I decided um, that I was going to apply. Uh, I think it was the beginning of my senior year of high school, which by that point I think most people had been visiting the colleges that they wanted to go to, and I had no idea what I was doing. So I applied very last minute. But, um, but yeah, it all sort of worked out. Did you apply anywhere else? I mean, you went to School of Visual Arts in New York. Did you, mm-hmm. did you apply anywhere else? I did. So I did it so last minute that I... Um, didn't really have too much time to like look into schools. I sort of had a friend that was also applying to art school, so she helped me out with um, sort of what school she was applying to, and my art teacher knew, of course, which ones were the better schools. But um, I applied to SBA, I applied to Pratt, um, and essentially it came down to those two schools that I was deciding between once I got my acceptance letters. Um, but I also applied to, um, I think it was for Institute of Boston, um, RISD, and there was another school in Massachusetts, oh, uh, Montserrat College of Art, which was like a super tiny art school. Um, and I got into all of them except for RISD, which um, is kind of funny, but having been from Rhode Island, um, but I honestly think it was for the best that I didn't get accepted because I knew I wanted to be in New York City, and if I had gotten accepted to RISD, I probably would have just stayed in Rhode Island, and I mean, my life would be so different. I probably wouldn't be living in New York City right now if I hadn't gone to school here. So, um, yeah, I was really happy after graduating from SBA that I chose to go to go there. So it was a great experience. In school, you could be an amazing, talented artist, but there there's no guarantee. And art art is a difficult art of all forms. It's a difficult thing to make a a, a living with. And I'm sure that you know all the naysayers say, well, you probably should have something to fall back on or something like that. But what, what where was it in the university? Was it at college that you you had the realization of like, oh, I could I I can actually make a living, like a decent living, and or was it after college? Was it ever the fear of like, well, maybe I need to find something else just in case? That's a really good question. I think, I mean, some of that happened for me when I was in college. I'm sorry, when I was in high school, applying to college. Because um, again, it was that idea of like, oh, I guess people do actually do this for a living. I mean, there's art colleges, people studying, get their degrees, and I'm sure, and like, obviously, there's people working as artists that make it. And I was, I had applied to colleges knowing that I wanted to study illustration, which is more of a commercial art form anyway. So, um, I, I figured, I mean, I put a lot of faith into the program that I was in that they would, I mean, explain to me how to make money. And I learned along the way that there is. Um, even within the illustration world, there's just so many jobs, not just for freelancing, but just different ways that um, that you can make money. I mean, a lot of people graduate from the illustration department and end up doing more graphic design stuff, or some people work as art directors. Um, there's in-house illustrators. Some people freelance. Some people – there's just, like, so many different avenues that you can go down with it. So, um, yeah, and I think a lot of it, too, is just a confidence thing. I mean, if you if – you, feel like you need to get that side job to make enough money, but honestly, I think if you really want to make your money doing what you enjoy most, then you you figure out ways to to do it. What was your first job with art? My first job ever with art? What was Um, the first thing that you got paid for? Hmm, I have to think back. It was probably in high school. I remember I had... um, 
I had done this like large um, landscape painting uh, that was uh, my art teacher. I think it was my junior year of high school. So I'd done this painting that my um, art teacher submitted to this like small local art contest. So they like hung out some student work at um, the mall <laughs> in the town over from where from where I live. And <clears throat> I guess uh, we got the painting back from the show, and um, my art teacher's sister had seen it. I forget how, but she really liked it, and she decided she wanted to buy it. And I had never priced artwork before. I didn't even know how much painting sold for, so my art teacher sort of helped me. And, I mean, it was a pretty large painting, and I think we ended up on a price of, like, $320, which for someone in high school to sell a painting for that much, I was, like, ecstatic. I think oh, the yeah. painting was, like... 24 by 32 or something. It was pretty big, but um, yeah, I don't even think I have images of it anymore. So to see it now would probably be a little embarrassing, but definitely nostalgic. <laughs> but yeah, that was the first time I can remember making money from my from my art. And I remember I had this like personal check that I um, went to go cash in at the bank, and for some strange reason, the bank teller had asked me if it was um, it was a personal check, but she asked if I had done work. And that's what I was getting paid for, like if it was work based, which I don't know. I don't know why a bank told her after that, but I was like so excited to tell her that yes, I did. I did work for this. Money. <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit about your your style. Um, mm-hmm. you, you definitely have. It looks even with your illustrations, it looks like you still kind of give a, a wash to everything. It's not, you know fully um, vibrant colors over it. It's like more of a, uh, it almost looks like watercolors, but what? talk a little bit about your style now and, and maybe a little bit about how it developed. Yeah, definitely. It's changed a lot. I mean, especially since I graduated. When I was in school at SBA, I stuck mostly with painting and traditional work. Um, in high school, I uh, was in a graphics class, so I was using Photoshop and Illustrator, so I used those programs for other things since high school, but I never really thought to use Photoshop for my illustrations. I mean, it was helpful to be able to edit, just do simple edits to my paintings once I would photograph them um, for documenting, but I never thought to... I think I've always had more of a traditional mentality when it comes to making artwork, so um, I I never really liked the digital Photoshop painting style that you see a lot online. Um, and so I think I subconsciously had a little bit of, um, what is the word? I um, I just sort of like neglected the idea of using the computer for my work, and so I wanted everything to be done traditionally. So sure. I was doing these paintings, and I um, I just liked owning the, like having the original final object as like a piece of art. Um, and then... At SCA, the illustration program is very focused on editorial illustration. Um, and so I think when I had graduated, that was sort of what I focused on because it was pretty much what they prepared me for. But I was getting a few jobs, and I realized that it's not very feasible to do a painting and when I only have three or four days to, to start and finish the project. And so I sort of got a little overwhelmed and disheartened by that. Um, and then about, I guess, a year after graduating, I was working – I worked – a full-time job doing graphic design for an apparel company for that first year out of school. And so I was using Photoshop and Illustrator as my new job. 
And um, at night, since I was so tired, I wouldn't really feel like painting as much, but I was drawing, like, all the time, which is just a lot faster. And so I sort of started, um, something just clicked where I was like, well, why don't I just try to play around with my drawings digitally and sort of getting some textures and um, just sort of layering it in Photoshop so it still has more of a traditional look, but it's just a lot faster. And um, I also figured that if there's any changes that need to be, needed to be done to the illustration once it was completed, it would just be a lot easier to make those changes for commercial workers. Um, and I mean, I've always liked the drawings of like Bob Peake and a lot of lifestyle illustrators from the 50s and 60s. I really like that really harsh, grungy line, line work and lots of brushy, washy texture, um, which is not at all like what my paintings look like, but I still have both paintings and drawings on my website, and I think I worry that sometimes they look like they're by two different people, but um, at a certain point, I sort of just don't don't think about it, and I just hope whatever I've made that I like up on my website. But, you say um, you feel like the paintings that you have made look like they're done by a different artists than the drawings? I think so. I worry that there's sort of like different aesthetics. Like my paintings are, tend to be more um, more clean and concise, and the drawings just, I guess, have a little bit more texture and are looser and um, a little bit dirtier, I guess, is the mm-hmm. word. But, um, but yeah, at a certain point, I just don't. I try not to worry about it too much. I feel like it's all being sort of filtered through my own brain, so coming from the same person. So how different can it look, really, I guess? And what do you say, What what is the balance of work that you do for yourself and then work that you do that's actually uh, work, like uh, you're, you're paid, that you have mm-hmm. an assignment to do? That is a great question. So when I first graduated, of course, it was the freelance jobs were very rare. So I was, of course, making as much personal work as I could because I also wanted to keep making my work better so I could get bigger, like get more jobs and better jobs because um, they basically are going off of books on my website. Um, this this year actually has been fairly busy, so sadly I haven't done too much personal work. Um, I've been doing mostly commercial work this year, so a lot of like drawings and working digitally. Um, and I've really sort of been missing working with acrylics and oils on, and doing some paintings, uh, which I don't get to do too much for commercial jobs. But um, So, yeah, I would love to um, find some downtime to, to do some personal paintings, but um, it's hard to turn down illustration jobs to work on personal work once you're actually like getting enough jobs to make to make money. So right. um yeah, the past few months I haven't done too much stuff, but I mean I'm always drawing in a sketchbook. Um like I'll just doodle for like an hour every night, but um I guess I don't really con I just personal work, but I don't think of it as like a finished personal piece that I would put on my website. So um yeah, I don't know if I could break it down by a percentage, but 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 when, you, when you get the opportunity, when there aren't too many jobs lined up, you have, or is it ever like ah, this thing? I just have it in my head. I want to. I have to oh, put yeah. it down. And <laughs> I have like a whole in, like a concept folder in my on my computer of just like sometimes I'll see a photo that makes me think of an idea, or I'll just come up with ideas before I'm falling asleep. So I just like I just have this folder. Just it keeps growing, and I'll some of the things in the folder. Well, some of them after a year, I'm like, oh, that's actually a terrible idea. And then some of them I'm sure I'll just never get around to doing. But there's always ideas. It's just not always enough time, I guess, to do it. But I think the good thing is that with the commercial work I've been doing, it's not that I enjoy it almost as much as doing personal work anyway. So it's not like 
whenever doing an illustration job where it's like, oh, I want this to be over so I can work on my own stuff. So right. the good thing is that it never feels that way. So. Is most of the work that you do based off of uh, photos? Um, I always use reference photos. I wouldn't say that they're based off of photos. Like sometimes the idea will come before the photos, and then I'll, um, of course, take my own reference. But um, but generally, I like to have some sort of structure to go off of. I think um, one of the reasons I love so many of those lifestyle illustrators from the like 50s and 60s, like um, Bernie Fuchs and Bob Peak and Andy Virgil, uh, is because the it seems like the anatomy is so spot on because I think most of them are working from reference photos, um, but then when you have that balance of the anatomy being correct, but the the line work and the t like the color and texture are 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 more messy and more stylized, I think it makes like a really interesting contrast. So I I wish I was better at drawing from my head, but at the same time I think um, I like the look of things when they're when they're more accurate, and I think it's also for me a confidence thing of when I have the photo. Um, and I'm drawing from it, I know it's like reassurance for me that it's going to look okay rather than if I'm just drawing from my head and I'm like, is this what this leg should look like in this angle? Like, I don't really know. Right. right. So, or having to look at yourself in the mirror and put your hand at a different... Is this how yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Lots of very embarrassing photo booth pictures on my, on my Mac. So <laughs> hopefully I don't die and then my family goes through them and I'm just like so embarrassed but I guess I don't care because I'd be dead. <laughs> um, <laughs> not to be morbid. but No, no, of course not. Uh, what are some of your favorite pieces and, and do, you, do you find that they're the personal ones or, or more of the ones that were actual jobs? Hmm. Um, that is a good question. I think there's definitely more self-doubt when it comes to the personal work because I'm not getting that feedback from someone. Like if I work with an art director and I'm doing the sketches, they pick their favorite sketch and then I do the final and if there's any issues, they'll tell me like to fix them basically. So if I do a personal piece, um, I I know I have like, I made very good relationships with a lot of my instructors while at SBA, so I'm sure if I, or even just my friends and peers that are also artists, I'm sure I could reach out and say, hey, how does this look? Can I get your feedback? But um, I feel like I've, I'm at a point where I should be able to trust my own instincts. So when I'm doing personal stuff, I don't get that, that feedback. So um, And I, I just live by myself now, so it's like just me all alone making stuff. So, so again, when it's, when it's not with someone else that I'm collaborating with, it's, um, I feel like a couple weeks will go by and I'll really like it initially, but then after the first couple weeks, it's like, eh, it's over. Whereas if it's like a job that's published or printed, um, I guess more people see it, and again, working with that other person on it is um, that reassurance that it came out decently. But um, yeah, I don't even remember what your initial question was at that point. I don't what know. Are you, like, what are what are a couple of your 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 favorite? Pieces? Oh, favorite favorite pieces. Right, sorry. And even so, like, just you loved working on it, or you loved the final. You know, it's, yeah. I'm sure that that question is multifaceted. Um. So I guess. I was actually, I just had this girl come to my studio yesterday, and she wanted to, she's like an art student, so she just wanted to see some of my work, and um, I had made a postcard of this painting, uh, shortly after I graduated, I had made a postcard that I had sent out of this painting I had done in school in my senior year, and it was based on this story called Descending, so the painting is of this guy with like, a plastic bag on his head, and it sort of looks like he's suffocating, and the, the bag has like that smiley face on it, and it says, like, it's like one of those grocery bags that they like, thank you, have a nice day, 
Yeah. Um, and I'd done that my senior year, and um, it was sort of just felt like one of those projects that just like happened so naturally. Like I, we were it was an assignment for for a class, so we were given the story. I did the sketches. They, the last actually the sketch that was chosen by my instructor uh, was the last sketch I had done, and it was a very last minute idea. And then once I started get, taking my reference photos. Um, I was I got really excited about it because it turned out so much differently than I had intended. And then when I like did the actual painting, I just like sat down one night very late in my studio and um, sort of just like banged it out in I think like five hours. And I took a picture of it on my phone before I left, and then I I just like, like was so excited about this painting. It was just, like such an amazing feeling, um, just like making something and just like looking back at it and thinking like Wow, I actually made this. And um, it was at such a busy time, too. Like, it was, like, the last semester of my senior year at SBA, so I was super stressed out making so much work. But there was just something about this painting that I was so excited about, and my teachers really liked it, and I think it went over pretty well. Um, as far as that, it was, like, part of the um, Society of Illustrated Student show, and then I also submitted it for the professional show, which it got into as well. Um, and actually, it, I sent it to a gallery in California, um, I guess it was last year for a group show, and it sold at the show. And it's weird because normally I'd be so happy to sell paintings, but it was actually the first time I ever felt really sad that I wasn't going to be getting a painting back. And, um, yeah, I don't know what it is about that painting that I made, but I was just like, even to this day, there's not many things I made like three three or four years ago that I still really like. So um, I think if I had to pick one painting or one piece, uh, that would be the one. Yeah, that I mean, looking at your site, that's the picture that uh, I, I had to look at like two or three times. And I think it's the movement that you capture uh, in the guy. I think it's you know everything has this kind of like movement blur to it, but then the plastic bag itself is so shiny and so clear, and just the placement. I mean, uh, yeah, it's, I think it's a it's a great great piece, and it uh, thank you so much. It definitely was, you know, not to, I don't want to downplay anything else that you've done because you're very talented, but that was one that's like, wow, i got to look at that again. So Thank whoever you. got that is very, very lucky. Yeah, I actually don't even know who ended up buying it. I'd have to ask the gallery, like, but I guess it doesn't really matter to a certain point. But, but yeah, I think also um, after making that piece, it was, it was also um, having graduated from the illustration department and really being interested in both the fine art and illustration world, I feel like, that was a piece that sort of, it for me, worked so well for both, where it existed as just a gallery painting, but also was conceptual enough to be an illustration. And I don't know, I just feel like I wish I could make more work that just fit so well into all these different categories. But, but yeah, that's clearly my favorite, <laughs> favorite piece that I've ever made. But <laughs> um, talk a little bit about your relationship with, with Black Hill Press. Um, so you came on um, when you first agreed to partner up with them. Were you aware of the three stories that you were going to be illustrating? So I think Kevin had reached out to me, and I don't I don't remember how he came across my work or someone had given him my name. Um, when we first started talking, he initially... Um, had mentioned a different project. So I guess he was working with an, uh, a writer on a story that they wanted to, to do, like an illustrated mm-hmm. novel. So I think it was going to be 10 or 12 black and white illustrations throughout the, throughout the novel, and they wanted 
to have the gallery show the work after the, after it had all been finished. And the story was was really great. It had a lot of action, and um, I had sort of done this like example test piece just because I guess um, one of the people involved in the project wasn't sure if my work would be a good fit because I don't have a lot of um, action work or um, I don't have that like comic background that might fit more well with like black and white right. drawings. But so I did the drawing and um, I sort of it was kind of disheartening for myself because I did it and I was like, wait, there's something about this is off. But I sent it to him anyway, and then he was like, oh, I love it, but the author doesn't doesn't think it's going to work out. And so then he sort of switched and was like, well, I also wanted to ask you about doing like a series of books because he had, of course, had done a few other series with other illustrators. So then that was when we decided to to do the the three um, illustrated covers. Um, and how much did and you work I, with sorry. the with the author once you found out the three titles? How how closely did you work with the authors to come up with the concepts? It was pretty separate as far as um, um, there being like a middle person. So um, I forget who the manager is at the office. Jenica? Jenica? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So she sent um, along, I guess it was sort of like a like an overview or like a brief that each author filled out about the story. Um, I never really had any direct contact. With, I never had any direct contact with any of the authors, but they had filled out these overviews, each of them, and then she forwarded them to me. And so it sort of uh, explained from the author's perspective, like what the story is about, what they what envisioned for the cover. Um, there's a few other things. So, but it was for me super helpful because um, I'm not a very good reader as far as um, speed, and also I get distracted very easily. Sure. And yeah. then just as a visual, a visual person, I'm just not very good at reading. Excuse me. So it was really helpful to just hear all this um, from the authors. And I always liked the idea of, again, because in the brief they um, put in ideas of what they envisioned for the cover. So I like the idea of um, taking someone's initial idea and sort of expanding it and making it as interesting as I can and as like an illustrator. So. So yeah, it worked out. So I then from that I did three sketches for each cover and then sent them back to Jenica and then I don't know who she got feedback from, whether it was I'm sure it was the authors and Kevin and whoever else on the team. And then they selected the ones that they wanted illustrated and then I did the finals from there. Well, they look great. So you, you did There You Thank Feel you. Free by Nate Regolia and A Little Evil by D. Tanner Fogel and uh Cursed by Kate Sinclair. Um and uh, as far as, like, the the color scheme of those, was that all your choice, or was that feedback as well from Jenica and the rest of the staff? Those were all my decision. Um, I I think I had, yeah, so I had done the three sketches for each cover, um, so I did them all simultaneously just to make sure that they would, sorry, now I'm getting ahead of myself. I did the three sketches for each cover, and then, um, I got the feedback which image they liked for each one, and then I did a final sketch for each one that I sent um, sent along, and then they gave me feedback. And I think those final sketches were in color because um, I wanted to make sure that that they would look good together as a group and that there was like consistencies and um, and that sort of thing. So, um, but yeah, there's never too much talk about color. I think one of the uh, final sketches I had sent along. They liked the idea of 
of each of the, granted it's an owl, not a figure, but each of the subjects on the cover being in profile. Um, so that was what they were concerned about mostly with consistency. But yeah, the colors were sort of just something I, um, I worked out. But I mean, I think one of the, like for a little evil, they, they had mentioned that the umbrella should be red. Hmm. Um, but, oh, and then the owl was supposed to be white. So working with that, I sort of just like, yeah, worked around whatever their expectations were. And then, um, yeah. But, uh, Johnny, do us a favor. We're going to finish up here with, uh, we, with 1888. We, we, uh, started at the beginning of the year a project called Routinology where we talk about the creative routine of artists and authors and editors. So tell us a little bit about your routine. Like, if you're working on, uh, an assignment, you get the assignment, uh, I mean, we can go onto your, your website and watch the video of you making macaws so we see a little bit about your routine, but just go through like what you need, what time of day you work best, is there a routine or does it is it just dependent on the project? Yeah, so um I had I had done like a very short explanation for the routineology thing a while back. Um and basically I summed it up as um I'm not very strict with myself or um I guess self disciplined when it comes to having a routine like when I hear about people that wake up at the same time every day in the, in the morning and they start by sending emails from 9 to 10 and then they, like, eat their lunch at the same time every day, like, that I just realized would never work for me. And so mm. when I made the jump from working full-time to freelancing full-time, um, I sort of felt a little all over the place because I would try to stay on a schedule, but then I would just, like, end up working until 2 in the morning. And um, I've just never been good at, like, that self-discipline of being like, okay, it's 5 o'clock, time to stop working. Um, but I realize now I'm sort of just embracing it that it works best for me to just have, pretty much I have a overall to-do list of things that are going on, um, and it's just organized by priority. So every time something new comes in or something that I have to do comes up, I just add it to the list and organize it by priority and then just start at the top and then work a little bit. And then when I get hungry, I eat and then just take breaks when I feel like I need a break. Um, I can I work from home, so I'm sure that makes a big difference. If I had a separate studio space, I'm sure I would um, be more efficient with going and moving and probably having longer periods of work time. But, um, but no, for now, I mean, it works for me. I don't tend, I mean, I'm not a morning person at all, so, uh, I go through phases where, um, I'll be pretty much nocturnal for like a couple months and then I'll sort of get back on track. And I'll like wake up at like ten, ten thirty, um, and those days I actually enjoy because um, when I'm not tired, if I'm awake in the in like the early afternoon, uh, that's when I feel sort of the most motivated. Because um, then uh, it used to be the opposite, but now when once the evening comes, I just feel like I just want to like watch TV and drink beer. But um, <laughs> but then usually I'm but usually I'm working at night, so when it's quiet. But yeah, there's really I just really have no routine. <laughs> But I get everything done, so I guess it's not a terrible thing. But well, Johnny, thank thank you so much for your time. I don't mean to cut you off, sorry. Oh no no, I could I'm like my mother, I could just talk all day. So. <laughs> uh I really I will appreciate let you go. it. It was a it was a, a lot of fun talking to you and uh oh, yeah, I love your work. You. Everybody please thank go you. and check out Johnny Russo Johnny dot com. <laughs> also check out your, your Tumblr page too. Like O M F G, it's Johnny 
www.tumblr.com. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. That's the one. Thank you so much. Have a good day. This has been The How, The Why by 1888. I'm John Barrett Ingalls. The show is produced by Kevin Stanek and yours truly, with production assistance by Sarah Becker. The music is Mayalua by Bossa Zuzu. I wanted to thank everybody for your creativity and your inspiration, and to remind you all to keep making art. Thank you.